Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show, brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. Super, super, super excited to have Heath Bell on today. Heath is a former Major League pitcher, three-time All-Star, and has a podcast right here on the Believe Network called Ring the Bell, and he is going to talk me down from this Dodgers sadness. Heath, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And actually, I'm not sure there's much you can do to talk me down from this Dodgers sadness, but... The Los Angeles Dodgers, Heath, you may not know this about me, though you've probably picked up on it pretty quickly. I am a very big Los Angeles Dodgers fan. I've been going to games since I was a little kid. My grandparents bought season tickets when the stadium opened in 1962. I still, we still have the same seats. So I love my Dodgers, but it has been a very sad state of affairs in pitching. And in theory, this was maybe going to be a quote unquote down year for the Dodgers. However, have you ever seen a bullpen blow so many games as this one has been doing? Um, you know, I've kind of been a part of it a little bit, but uh, it's 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 tough, especially since the last couple of years, the Dodgers have done so well and their bullpen's somewhat been a lockdown, you know, having Jansen back there for years. And um, it's it's kind of one of those things that it's sort of for real. You can't like, okay, wait, the Dodgers are losing. You know, they're not winning. So that's kind of... Uh, I think we've gotten accustomed the last couple of years as the Dodgers to win the division and want to be one of the best teams out West. Bet online is your number one source for all your championship finals, info stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA and Stanley cup finals. Bet online is your sports Intel headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs from basketball and hockey to MLB, UFC, and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Get into the action today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. The bullpen currently has an ERA of 4.9, which in a dubious honor is its worst ERA since the Dodgers moved to Los Angeles. So there's that. It's always fun to set a record. Well, um, it's not over. It's no, it's not. It's not over. And I do realize it's June. There is a part of me that feels like this is going to be the year where I don't expect much and I'm sad. And then they're going to win the World Series and I'll be like so excited. But uh, I just don't know. No, it's definitely not over. But I think what is concerning, I would imagine, for the organization to fans is we have multiple games where the Dodgers are scoring like 10 runs a game and losing. <laughs> that is problematic. So here's one of the things as a as an, um, a reliever in the game. So you have to really, the fans have to remember this. If a guy comes in the seventh inning and you're winning by one run mm -hmm. and then he gives up one run, that's a blown save. Right even though he wasn't the closer. 
So I was with an Arizona team that we, you guys actually, when you started doing well, you got Yasiel Puig and you won like 32 games out of 35 games or something. And we were in first place and you overtook us in August when I was with the Diamondbacks. And we had a lot of blown saves, but a lot of the saves were from our sixth and seventh inning guy. Mm-hmm. And everybody came to me because I was our ninth inning guy. And they're like, you know, your team's got the most blown saves. And I was like, I only have two. You know, as a, as a group down there, the bullpen, yeah, we're struggling a little bit, but it, it kind of looks like it's, you know, the closer's fault or this or that, but the times have changed a little bit where this is the one thing I don't like about the game nowadays is you don't, you have bullpen by committee, you have right. matchups. It's not, you have your seventh inning guy, your eighth inning guy, your ninth inning guy, pretty much no matter what, unless they're shut down after pitching three or four days in a row. Um, those are your guys because it seems like today guys can only pitch two days in a row and then have to be shut down. You know, if they're not throwing 98 miles an hour and they're only throwing 94, they can't pitch. Some people say, well, their velocity, they're not as effective. Well, then they're not pitchers anymore. They're throwers. And I believe a lot more guys now are throwers than pitchers because when you didn't have velocity, you had to rely on hitting your spots and changing speeds and movement. And nowadays it's all about velocity and just having nasty stuff. And I don't care about hitting the corners. It just has to be nasty. And, and here's the other aspect is when you know you're the seventh inning guy or you're the game, you're the guy when the game's tied or um, you're one run down, a bullpen guy comes in, everybody defines roles down there. And you kind of, you mix up a little bit from time to time because things change, but you kind of get yourself ready. Like when I was our seventh, eighth inning guy, I was mentally preparing myself in the sixth, fifth, sixth inning and kind of like getting ready. Who am I going to face? I did that in the ninth inning. I even, when I was the sixth inning guy from when I first came to San Diego from the New York Mets, they said I was going to be the sixth inning guy. So I really started preparing myself in the third or fourth inning for who I was going to face in the sixth. And if I got to pitch in the sixth, great. If I didn't, you know, it wasn't a big deal. When I was with the Mets before, it was just like, I was thrown in there whenever I, we could have a two run lead. We could be down by 10. We could be up by 10. I had never knew. So I didn't know when to prepare myself. And it's really hard to prepare yourself to just be like, you know, the whole game to be like, okay, I, okay. When am I going to, am I going to pitch next inning? It's, it gets really exhausting, especially if you don't pitch for three or four straight days. Mm-hmm. And I think the Dodgers, the last couple of years have really done matchups besides Kelly Jansen. And then he's left. And I think that's, what's kind of taken this toll with a bullpen that the Dodgers have right now is there's not defined roles. And I believe when there's defined roles, guys do really well and do amazing in their performance. But when there's not defined roles and you don't know if you're going to play, you don't know when you, you know, you're the seventh inning guy. Am I the closer? Am I this or am I that? It's a, it's a lot harder to, to perform at your best. And you bring up a really interesting point because I think at least from my perspective, which concerns me is you have guys that have been amazing over the last few years that all of a sudden are really struggling. So, you know, Bruce Dar Gratterall is a guy who most of the time would come in and take care of business. He might make it exciting, but he would always, for the most part, take care of business. Every so often you'd have kind of a mess of an inning, but for the most part, Alex Vessia was that guy, Caleb Ferguson, Evan Phillips, and those guys are struggling. They don't have Blake Trinan right now, which is certainly problematic, but I think that's what's disconcerting. And so you bring up a really interesting point on how much the mental part of that preparation affects the game. And so do you feel like that is partly what's messing with these guys 
it could be I'm not there down in the bullpen with them, but if you don't have a bona fide leader in the bullpen, it's most of the time that was your closer or the guy mm-hmm. that pitched all the time. And it's not like a leader of like, you know, when things go wrong, he's the one who kind of just says something. He kind of, or maybe the bullpen coach and, you know, everybody looks up to him or this or that because they've done it, maybe that veteran status or something. But they say, and I truly believe this, everybody in AAA could be in the major leagues talent-wise. Mm-hmm. But mentally, you can't. You know, we you joke around and it's the baseball card syndrome. It's the three-deck syndrome where in, in AA or in the minor leagues, AAA, there's only two levels. And then you get to the big leagues and there's three or four different levels because the stadiums are bigger. That somebody just can't, they can't pitch against, oh man, I got his baseball card or I've seen him on TV or mm-hmm. man, the stadium's amazing. It's the mental part is where guys struggle. I mean, I played, it seems like 40 years ago now, but it was just like, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago or whatever it was. I'm not keeping track, but um, <laughs> we, there was a guy that I actually played against in high school. His name was Michael Hessman. He was a great pitcher and a hitter, but he got drafted with the Braves and then did really well, got called up a couple times. This guy hit, I think his career numbers in AAA were, was over 300. And he had, he would hit 25 to 30 home runs every year. And he got called up with the Braves and Detroit over his time of playing. And in the big leagues, he hit 160 of course of like getting called up, I think six different times in his career mm-hmm. and had like two home runs. But every time he came down to AAA, he would rake and he would just crush the ball. And I've and his career numbers in AAA, you're like, this guy's got to be in the big leagues. But then you look at his big league numbers and he's horrible. He just can't pitch up there or I mean hit up there. And there's guys up there that I've seen pitching wise that were great pitchers in AAA and then get to the big leagues and just can't pitch. And you can't get people out and you just wonder like what's going on. And it's the mental part. It's the, if you make a bad mistake, I remember I was with the Mets once and I came in the game, I had bases loaded. We were in Wrigley field and there was no outs, but it was, you know, we were, the game was tied and I got a ground ball back to me. I got it through at home got a double play and got a strikeout. And I was like pumped, you know, this you know mm-hmm. rookie did really well. I think it was my second year in the big leagues, but I was, you know, not established yet. And the next inning, I had a like eight, nine pitcher back with Derek Lee and he hit a home run and, you know, he walked it off me. Well, I had to watch that for the next three months on ESPN. That was one of the highlights when ESPN came up, him hitting the ball out and baseball tonight that I used to love watching. And I couldn't watch it anymore because I was like, I just kept watching myself like, man, I left that pitch over. But that's the thing is you kind of have to let it go. And a lot of guys read the paper, watch TV or social media now with you know, Twitter and Instagram or whatever, and they just see themselves. And it's like, I see when I'm coaching these college kids here in Austin, Texas, a lot of people are worried about how they look, you know, performing wise or Instagram or social media. And it's not just going out and playing the game. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, but, but, you know, I don't think coaches are going to like me because I don't throw hard enough or um, I'm not hitting home runs. I'm like, if you're hitting 400 or 500, a coach is going to like you. If you have an ERA under one, they're going to like you. Even if you're throwing 82 miles an hour, now not the big name schools, but trust me, professional will see you. And if you're getting everybody out, they're going to take a chance on you. Or if you're getting base hits and you're hitting 500, they're going to take a chance on you. You're not going to be the first rounder, but they're going to be like, there's something here. Let me, let me try it out. So um, I mental, mental part of the game, you know, I don't know if you've heard this, but it's an old saying baseball's, you know, it's like what 70% physical, 10% talent, 20% mental. 
you know, and it's like, well, that's not really 100%, you know, it's like 110 or something, but the mental game is huge into baseball. And it's the one sport that you have to deal with, you know, they always say it's a game of failure. Mm -hmm. Well, if you think about this pitching, you can't fail. If you fail 70% of the time, you're going to be horrible and you're never going to make it. So you have to fail like 10% of the time. And as a reliever, if you give a one run, you, it takes you a whole month to get your ERA back down because, you know, we just have one inning here, one inning there, maybe two innings, you know, every month you might get, if you're lucky, 10 to 15 innings where a starter, that's like two starts. So I just think the Dodgers mentally are kind of not there, you know? Um, so, you know, their offense is definitely there, but I just think pitching is a little shaky. It's probably because of injuries the last couple of years and them changing out their bullpen. And, you know, I, I'm old school a little bit where I believe if you define roles, you, you get better performance out of guys. You know, it's like, hey, you're my everyday right fielder. You're going to be my seventh inning guy until you prove that you can't do it anymore. You're my eighth inning guy. You're my closer. But, you know, if if somebody gets hot, then, you know, we might move the roles a little bit. But here's the thing. You're my guy. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you know, I know Dave Roberts is a great manager. He's a great guy. Um, he probably just has to talk to the bullpen a little bit more and get them more confident. They're probably second guessing themselves. And, you know, I'm pretty sure the media and everybody's second guessing them. And it's tough to block all that out. I will tell you. Well, last night, Dave Roberts said the bullpen has to be better, which agreed. I would agree with that assessment. I don't know that, that I'm sure he's saying something other, other to that than that to them, but you brought up social media and I want to talk about that for a second, because that's probably something you didn't really have to deal with so much in your career. And mm-hmm. That is a huge part of it. And they're all on social media. They're all posting. They're all looking at everything. I think no matter how much people say they're not, it's hard to block it out. And I do think that adds a whole other level because the other thing social media does is all of a sudden fans who are yelling at their TV now get to yell at you on Twitter with no consequence, which I don't agree with and I think is, is terrible. But that adds, I think, a whole other element to the mental side of this. Well, you know, fans are just passionate, this and that. So I'll give you one. There was a story. I was in Arizona and I wasn't doing as I started off not doing well and then I turned it around. But I I met somebody at um, one of those fan fests or something a couple mm-hmm. months in the season. And my wife texted me and said, how are you talking to that guy? Because it was like on it was on. um MLB TV or something. It was, we went to commercial and I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, that's the guy that's bad mouthing you because social media, I was on it, but really my wife kind of followed and did more of it than I did. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just looked at him and I was like, you know, you're a pretty nice guy. And he's like, yeah. And you know, it's a pleasure meeting you. And I was like, so why are you so mean on social media? And he goes, you know about that? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, then why aren't you pissed at me? And I went, well, here's the thing. I know you're a fan. You really want me to do well. Trust me, I want to do well, but I'm only human mm-hmm. trying to do my best. I'm not out there just, you know, going, going through the motions. And, you know, I just, I just block it out. I try not to listen to you because, you know, it's, it's hard for, it's hard to go out there. And um, anyway, we became friends and he never posted anything bad again, but fans just have to realize that players are going out there trying to do their best, but players have to realize you take, pick your head up away from the, the phone a little bit from social media. Cause I know we're not on computers doing social media and don't take everything to heart. I mean, fans are passionate about your, your sport. You know, like I have a son that's 19 that's playing ball in college and he, when he yells at the Padres, gosh, you, you get paid to 
you know, he, to do this or, you know, whoever, and they're not having a good game. I'm like, Reese, it's really hard for them to do well. He's like, no, but he's like the best and he's supposed to be the best. I'm like, yeah, I know, but it's really hard. And it's like, dude, I was there. I know that. And he's just like, no. And I'm like, dude, you're really hard. He's like, no, they're just, they're supposed to be the best. I'm like, I know, but you know, they're human too, right? They're so fans are passionate about their team, but guys just have to, they got to block that out. They really do. They got to remember that the baseball is a kid's game and you get paid to play it and enjoy doing it, especially as an old timer. So if any Dodger players are listening here, I'll give you a little secret or any player that's listening right now, you're going to look back one day and go, man, I miss it. It seems like I haven't played professional baseball in 20 or 40 years and it's only been six or seven years. So it's a small part of your life, but it goes fast and you think it's going to last forever, but it really doesn't. So just enjoy it and don't, don't think of all that. Don't get caught up in all that hoopla and stuff. For, for a player, because as we mentioned at the beginning of this, it is June and there is a long way to go in the season. Is it easier for a player to say, okay, it's June. I'm not going to get myself all worked up. Obviously they want to do better and they want to do their best and all of that. But knowing that there's such a long season ahead, I think as fans, we get you know frustrated or concerned or whatever it is early. But do players have more of the mentality that, I mean, we got a long way to go in this thing. If you're a really good athlete and you're a really good ball player, yeah, you just, you go one day at a time. You try to just one series at a time. That's what I was taught by the veterans. And that's how I perceive everything. I just went one series at a time. So if it was a three game series, a four game series, whatever it was, it was just, you know, this three games. Okay. Let's win these three games or let's at least win the series. And we were, what I was taught from all the coaches is let's just, we'll try to win every series. And if it's a four game series, if we split two and two, that's a win. So try to stop thinking about the months, stop thinking about the time, just let's go win series. And then hopefully in, you know, September around, we have a chance to go to the playoffs and um, we try to make a run then. Um, I think that is probably a good, a good thought process to have. You know, another thing that could be going on with the bullpen is the starting rotation, save Clayton Kershaw, Tony Gonsolin and Bobby Miller are not going very deep into games. And they're dealing with injuries. Julio Urias is out. Uh, he had a setback. He was supposed to come back the other day. Now it's looking probably like the end of the month in a best case scenario. Dusty May is out two months, which is concerning because he had Tommy John surgery and he came back at the end of last season and now he's hurt again. And so that I think is also an issue. You know, I wonder, and you are not going to have a, a definitive answer to this, but I do wonder if they're, you know, when it comes closer to the trade deadline, they need arms or do they, if they're where they are right now, like right now they're three games back in the West. And again, a very long game, a long way to go in this thing. But if they're back and it looks like a, it is going to be a quote unquote down season, do they make those trades? Do they get those arms or do they kind of just accept their fate for this year and save it for Otani, which I think is what they're doing anyway, but. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's just, you know, here's the thing is you, the organization's got to figure out what direction they're going to go in this year. I mean, they're only in second place. Um, there's, there's more teams that go to the playoffs now than before. I mean, I know they're in the wild card. They're just out of it by like a few games, you know, one good week or with them and one bad week with somebody could change a whole lot. Um, they just have to figure out where they are at that time. Do they, do they believe in their young starting rotation, even though there's a couple of injuries, whatnot, or they're like, may, maybe they're just, you know, giving them some, a little bit more rest because he's, 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 he's more sore than, than normal. Um, because they want him long-term. 
So, but you know, this to this game and of today is about, you know, you can't pitch to the batter third time through the lineup where, you know, or his velocity is down of a starter. So they pull guys, I think, quicker than they used to. And they're, they're quicker to use the bullpen, I think, nowadays than they were beforehand. So, you know, trade deadline, you know, I would say that they, if they're going to try to go after Otani, they're going to have to dump and try to trade a bunch of prospects that the Padres or the Dodgers have had the last couple of years. I know a lot of teams are kind of into the Otani thing. So, but also if you're going to trade for him, you know, can you sign him? And do you dump like all these prospects for somebody that is he going to test the free market or not? Um, or do you just wait until the free market and then just kind of throw, you know, I don't know, a billion dollars at the guy or something? <laughs> It's going to be insane, but um, that's what will be interesting about Otani specifically because he is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. I would imagine the only way they trade for him is if someone like the Yankees are going to trade for him or something like that, because he's going to be a free agent. It feels like, would you do that? Unless well, you here's the, one Otani away from the world series. Sorry. Go if, ahead. I, if I was the angels and I'm not re-signing Otani, I would try to get, pieces for him if I just let him go I'm getting a first round draft pick and be honest with you I mean I kind of grew up watching the Angels and Dodgers the Angels were my American League team growing up um they haven't done well in their draft picks in the last couple of years so if it was if it was up to me I would trade him to get stuff you know to get players but I think only you know the team that's going to trade him like if it's going to be the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Padres they're going to have to give up a lot of prospects but you get you um you have to like go into it I'm going to trade these prospects but I'm going to do everything to sign this guy so he doesn't go to free agency make him love it in this town or whatnot so but the Dodgers you know they're they're not in that bad of a position yes the bullpen needs to do well they need to get their act together but like you said it's a marathon season I wouldn't be panicking right now. You know, it's frustrating because the last couple of years, the Dodgers have pretty much been running away with the West. But, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, let's talk in the end of July, the 1st of uh, August. We'll kind of have a better indication of where they kind of stand. And maybe it would be, maybe it wouldn't be bad for them. It's interesting because a couple of years ago, they were fighting for the division. And when you talked about one bad week for one team and one good week for another, how it can change everything, there was, they had a terrible week in July that probably cost them the division and probably even cost them the world series in some ways, because they had to fight for the division up till the end. They suffered a lot of injuries. The guys were exhausted. They didn't win the division. They had to do that one and done wild card game that they won on a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth. I mean, they went through a lot, then they beat the giants. Yeah. And then by the time they got to Atlanta, they were just, I mean, they, I think they were just gassed. Like it, it was just, emotionally drained. Yeah. They were emotionally drained in that was kind of the end of it for them. Then last year, they like run away with the West. Like, no, it's not even close. They have that week off. They meet a hot Padres team and they they fall apart in that series. So maybe somewhere in a happy medium would be good for the Dodgers. Might be. Well, it's, here's the thing. It's, you know, I think the Dodgers last year, since they pretty much pummeled the Padres all year was thinking, oh, we got this. They didn't take them too seriously. And the Padres came in a little hot and flying high after just kind of thumping the Mets that everybody said that wasn't going to happen. Right. And they beat the Dodgers. So I think the Dodgers were a little stunned and this and that. We're like, what just happened? That's what happens in a three, you know, um, three game series or five game series, a seven game series. I feel like always the best team wins. Yeah. You know, with these short series and stuff, you know, being exhausted happens like, you know, um, 
when you're when you're rolling hot and everything's going well for you that's when you well what i was going to say in september you want everything to be going well and you don't you just want to be like getting hot at the right time you don't want to be okay you know we're going to win the division let's kind of set things up because what happens is everybody puts it on cruise control let's not do too much let's not get hurt and then it's hard to ramp it up again Mm -hmm. you know but then then again if you're scratching and clawing to get there you know and every every game every pitch every out is just mentally draining then it gets back to that you know mental part of the game how tough are you because you know you could win the division be all excited and you're just like okay now you know okay i need a breather but now i got the braves or i got this team to face and i got that team to face like man we just got to keep grinding and grinding and sometimes you just get tired emotionally um you get drained and i will tell you to all the fans out there Think about this. If you have a hard day at work, that's more draining to you when you get home than a physical day of like, you know, you know, say you went hiking all day or you went to Disneyland all day and you're just, you know, physically tired, emotionally tired is way more draining than being physical tired. So the mental part is huge. And I just think that's what they're kind of dealing with right now. And I think Dave's trying to get them back in order and, you know, kind of saying publicly to the, the bullpens needs to do a better job and you know, maybe light a fire under their guys' butts to kind of figure it out. And hey, like, you know, they'll pick up their chest and be like, okay, I got, I'm going to do this. Forget about my five ERA or four ERA. I'm just going to go out there and do one game at a time, one batter at a time. And before you know it, their ERA will be right where it needs to be. I think they need the sports psychologist from Ted Lasso. <laughs> she <Believe>. was fantastic. <laughs> yes. And believe, believe over the. Over the the clubhouse as they walk out the door. Yeah, but, I love Ted Lasso. Was great. So, so good. Yeah. So good. I miss it. I, I didn't want it to end. I really want them to come back or something. You know, it's funny because it ended. It did end, but I felt yeah. like it ended in a way that they could still come back. I just feel like TV shows now, when they're super high, they they like to end things, and the actors like to move on to something else, so they get known for that until it gets like drained out. And the last two seasons was really bad. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah. Like, for leaving the fans hanging. But yeah. yeah, just maybe, you know, here's the thing. I'm My family says I'm a little like Ted Lasso. I'm a little crazy. I wouldn't want to take the job away from Dave Roberts because I think he does a great job. But I'd come in there and I'd kind of be a little weird like that, you know? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say the generic stuff that everybody says. Um, you know, some people have said I'm not, you know, um, gosh, I don't know what the saying is called, but it's kind of like the a company company guy you know mm-hmm. like we're mm-hmm. I'm just here to win you know I'm like no I'm you know I just say what's on my mind like when I was at the all-star game they're like hey are you excited to be I'm yeah I'm like a kid at Christmas morning coming down from getting my you know the best present ever from Santa this and that and um just saying off the ball things my my son that's in college doesn't like me to do that because he says I embarrass him so is my daughter she lives <laughs> in LA she's actually a Dodger fan and um I think because her boyfriend's a Dodger fan but so whatever and, they must uh, be wonderful people. <laughs> yeah, they must be great people. <laughs> but uh, they're good guys. They're good kids. Um, but uh, yeah, she's always like, you're going to embarrass me. Just the things you say. I'm like, what? I'm always positive. And then she's like, yeah, why do you always have to be positive? I'm like, better than being negative. <laughs> I agree with that assessment. I totally agree with that assessment. But, you know, when you're 25, I don't know how old you are. She's 25, living on her own, making it work. She's not doing great, but she's making it work. So I'm proud of her. And She's just like, you know, hard, life's hard. You know, it's just, it's, there's nothing happy in this world. And I'm like, yeah, there is. <laughs> I mean, 
like I've taken to to a different country. Do you not realize how good we have it here? <laughs> so like you have a car, you have a roof, you're not you're not struggling for your mm-hmm. food and stuff. Like, yeah, you don't have any money to do extra stuff, but it's all good. You know, like the Dodgers, you guys are struggling right now. You're not playing Dodger baseball as you know it the last couple of years, but you're only a few games out and you're in second place. So you you know, you could be like the Padres and kind of really fallen. And it's like we spent all this money and that hasn't worked yet. So that's true. I'm definitely being dramatic, but it's LA. So it's kind of our thing. It's kind Trust of- me, I know. I I pretty much I was born in San Diego, but kind of grew up in LA. So I kind of I know those both of those cities really well. You know, um, I'm in Texas now, but near all my family. And but anytime I go back to Southern California, it's like the back of my hand. I know all the different freeways, how to get around in LA and all the cool beaches in San Diego. So yeah, I miss Dodger Stadium too, even though it's 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 not the cleanest stadium, but it's just Dodger Stadium. There's something unique about it. It was like the old Yankee Stadium. You mm-hmm. know, the new Yankee Stadium is really nice, but old Yankee Stadium, there's just something about it. I mean, you got the Dodger Stadium. There's something unique about it. Like the great players played there. You got Fenway, you got Wrigley and Dodger Stadium. That's kind of it now. The Yankee Stadium is like, yeah, it's new. It's great. But the old stadium had something. And the Dodger Stadium with Fenway and Wrigley are the stadiums that kind of, there's a mystique about it. You know, the great players played there. And so just give it a little scrub. Makes, you know, the Dodgers have been doing great every year, making that stadium get a little bit better here and there. But that's one of the stadiums that I miss the most. Going there as a fan, as a kid, growing up, and then being able to play there on the field. So it's it's unique. In that 2021 season, I spoke of a minute ago, uh, Justin Turner said to Max Scherzer the first, I think it was the the day of the wild card game and mm-hmm. said that one and done wild card game and said to Max Scherzer, you've never experienced anything like the playoffs at Dodger Stadium. It's special. And I would say as a Dodger fan, completely unbiased, I would say it is really special because it's, it's really fun. Yeah. Even if you're... Trust me, growing up, I was a Dodger fan, um, Angel fan, for Cubs for some odd reason, <laughs> and um, a San Diego fan because I had that's you know where my my parents, um, my dad was a Marine, so it was, we were down okay. there a lot. But then he got transferred to El Toro, to Orange County. Angels were closer, but Dodgers were kind of like the team, and I never really liked the Giants. I liked Will Clark, but I never really liked the Giants. <laughs> so um, same. It was, it was just, you know, I liked Rod Beck. That was the only other San Francisco guy I liked. But the Dodgers, I have a history of and just going there with my friends and then with getting in a car at 16 and I could go to a game. You know, we went to the Dodgers all the time. So it's it's a unique. And I actually went to that game in 21 against the Nationals. And it's it's the the excitement in the stadium is fun. And it's like I said, I can't describe it. There's three stadiums now that have it. And the Dodgers are one of them. So. I was at that game too. The car, it was the Cardinals. I was at that game. That was, that was incredible. That really was. And that was, that was a very cool night. Well, he, this has been super fun. I appreciate you coming on and dealing with my drama, talking me down. And now I feel like I need to go to Dodger stadium and have a conversation with the bullpen and get them mentally right. So I'm sure that'll be a treat for everyone involved. Can you tell everybody where they can find the podcast and find you on social media? Yeah. Just go to believe network. I'm Heath Bell. Uh, 21 on a Twitter, I think it is. And um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, here's the thing, social media, I'll be, I'll do a lot one week and then for another week, I won't do anything just because I'm living life. I stick my head up off the phone, but um, 
yeah, uh, thanks for having me. And uh, just remember, all Dodger fans go out there, yell at your bullpen, but be positive. The Ted Lasso way. Be real positive and maybe hold up believe signs and uh, get your Dodgers bullpen back into, into sync. I like it. You hear that, Dodger fans? Believe signs and Ted Lasso. You guys, we are brought to you by FIVO. We are brought to you by Bet Online. If you like what you heard, and I know that you did, please leave us a five-star rating and a very positive review because we're all about positivity today. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.